Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. God, will you guys please stop talking about work now? Yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to stop talking about work because I have a funny story about work. <sighs> Fine. No, it's a funny story. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, it's I hate it when they, these two work in the same place. All they do is talk. Do Nicole and I sit and talk about work all the time? Sometimes you do, yes. Do not. You do so. <laughs> do Sometimes not. you sit over here do and not. you talk back and forth about people that I don't even know and about Nuh-uh. how she went out and how this person did this and how this person did that. And I quietly sit and I listen to your stories. <laughs> do I or do I not? So... Neener. Neener, neener, neener. What's good for the goose is Fine. good for the gander. Fine, tell your freaking work story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this past week was kind of a difficult one because everybody's been moving around. and uh, we By everybody, moved. she means me and her. <laughs> yeah, us. We moved around. Rebels. I think there's some kind of prejudice against book lovers. Yeah. And gingers, because you both kind of are gingers. Kind of. Well, I'm kind of brown right now because I just dyed my hair. It it won't lighten up for a couple of days. I embrace the ginger. Well, I mean, it's, it's the face. gray that I'm not embracing. It's not so much the ginger. My mom's dyeing her hair like this, like blonde gray, like silvery blonde color, so she uh-huh. can transition to gray. Her hair is like dark brown right now, and she's about to dye it so she can just <laughs> transition to gray. Eventually, I'll do that, but I'm not ready for that yet. Because well, she that... said, "Well, I'm a grandma." And I was like, "All right, mom, whatever." That's true. <laughs> But hopefully, it'll be years and years before I'm a grandma. So Hopefully so. I'm going to have to... Huh? Hopefully. 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 God. Scary thought. Good Lord, hopefully. <laughs> but anyway, so we're moving desks at work. And when I went to pack up all of my stuff and move it to my new desk in a, in a different office, it occurred to me that I had only worked there for about five or six months. And I had like a whole library of books in my cubby at work. <laughs> I seriously put them in one of those wire baskets to move them, book and that's problems. all that would fit in there. <laughs> the books. I routinely decorate with books. I don't know if you noticed on the way in, but my desk, you know, we just got new desks. I just did a full remodel and everything, and I had taken all my stuff home. Mm-hmm. I brought the books back. But it <laughs> happens. So I'm decorating with my books. It works. I get moved around so much at work since I'm part-time that I just... I keep a couple in my little backpack because I don't like when people touch my books. So if they stayed on my desk and they moved me while I wasn't there, I'd probably be really upset. I don't have a copy anymore at work, so now my books are in my back seat where they were. I I randomly have a slew of books in my car anyways, so. As does every good book girl. Right. For sure. But I kind of have books all over the place, like in every orifice in my house. Every like orifice? You have books coming out your ass? <laughs> what? My, my, my house is ass. <laughs> books everywhere. Like, well, because I'm rearranging my house because I'm going to get some... Uh, your house's ass? Is that anything like a horse's ass? <laughs> Something. That's how my friend Sarah is, though, because she went to school at the University of Tulsa, but she's like moving back, but she's getting married in September, so like half her stuff is getting moved back to her parents'. 
and half to like her new fiance's and so there's just stuff in her car and like we'll go get coffee together and i'm like hey i haven't read this one can i read it and she's like yeah because <laughs> <laughs> when you start moving your house or your office you never know how many books you have oh, until you gosh. start moving and you're like oh my god where did all these books come from it's just stuff in general like we're moving my brother and sister-in-law with their toddler and i'm just like man we we're never gonna get done we've been at it for like three days and it's just taken forever <clears throat> Yeah, moving sucks. But I'm not moving out. I'm just getting a new couch. So I'm having to move stuff around for where the new couch is going to go. And I'm having to move stacks of books that I can't put in my bookshelf because all my bookshelves are full. That's how mine is. I have three bookshelves, but they're small bookshelves, you know? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, cheap Walmart specials. We need like a hideaway library. I feel like that would be good. I know. That would be. Oh, there you go. How awesome would that be? Instead of the secret garden, have the secret library. Ooh, like the a cupboard under the stairs library. into like this big library, right. like Beauty and the Beast, kind of like um, Doctor Who. False wall. Doctor Who opens up. Yeah, bigger box. on the inside. Yeah, where it's bigger on the inside than the outside. Yeah, I like that for books. Yes, exactly. But books. All right, ladies. Shall we find time to talk about? Oh, I don't know. Actual books. We are talking about actual books just because you don't want to join in the conversation. Dude, I already did. (laughs) We love you. Love you too. (laughs) (laughs) You made Jessica choke. (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Sorry, Jessica. No, it just was a poorly timed I'm a snarky old broad. It's my job. That's what I get paid to do. Snark. It happens. So books. All right. I know, Martha, you were talking about a book that you just could not wait to review. Yes. I'm excited for this. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, it's called Spoonbenders. Uh-huh. I liked it on so many different levels. Uh, like Psychics? His name oh. is Daryl Gregory. The author? Yeah, the author is called Daryl... Daryl... Daryl Gregory. Daryl Gregory. <laughs> yeah, he is... I had never really heard of him before. And I have no idea if he's done anything anything else, but I loved Spoonbenders. For one thing, it had a really humorous tone. And you know, I just, there's something about humor that just really does it for me. I love when you can tell a story with humor. And it wasn't all funny, mm-hmm. but it, it was had just... had a lightness. Yeah, it had a lightness to it. For one thing, it was about a family of psychics. But you would think, okay, you would think that a book about a family of psychics would be full of, you know, good predictions and, oh, I don't know, maybe being able to predict some richness in your life and, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. But it really wasn't like that at all. It was almost like every one of them as adults was miserable for a different reason. That's sad. When they were young, they had, it, it's the amazing Telemachus family. They had... You know, they were on television Mm -hmm. doing some of their amazingness. And truth be told, Teddy, who's the patriarch of the family, was really just a sleight of hand man. Mm -hmm. He wasn't truly psychic. He was just really good at the sleight of hand stuff. And he was a gambler and did really well as a gambler, extremely well. But his wife was really the one who had all the talent. And she was a true psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the government, of course, got a hold of her. Oh, man. Well, obviously, because when does the government leave anything alone? Yeah. 
So they used her for stuff like remote viewing, you know, being able to see and, you know, locate targets all over the world and that sort of thing. You don't really get a lot of that from the book, though, because she's she had passed away very young of cancer. Hmm. So you don't really get a lot of that vibe until later on in the book. And her son, shoot, I can't remember the name of the one son that um, you kind of get from him the vibe that he is. His mother, when she died, gave him this medal of the world's greatest psychic. She gave it to him. Mm -hmm. But yet you don't get any overt vibe that he has any kind of special gift. Mm -hmm. At least not right away. Right. Maybe an undiscovered gift. Well, it's almost like, well, he doesn't talk. He stopped talking after his mother died. He didn't want to talk Mm -hmm. anymore. Because his dad had tried to use some of his, quote, predictions Mm -hmm. to profit. Mm -hmm. And so he just basically stopped talking. Like Mr. Splitfoot. Yeah, he didn't want anything to do with that anymore for a while. Now, his sister and his brother both have talents as well. His sister's talent is she can tell when someone's lying. Mm -hmm. Like instantly. When you're talking... She can go, okay, that's a lie. That's an awesome talent. Can you imagine just sitting there being like, I know that's not true. Well, I want that talent. See, and that's (laughs) another thing that I liked about the book is it shows the dark side of that. She isn't able to maintain a relationship because people lie all the time. Yes. Even if they lie about everything. Even if it's like a lie to not hurt your feelings. Exactly. And she just, she can't, she just can't, she can't have a relationship. She has a son. And her son is 13. Well, here's the really funny part, right? (laughs) Okay, so um, he discovers his special talent. He can do the out-of-body thing, but he doesn't discover it until his puberty because it's only when he jerks off. Oh, awkward. That... he goes outside of his body. I know. It's terrible. I love it. It's so good because he has impure thoughts about his cousin, right? Which uh-huh. is really bad, right? He's watching his cousin and her girlfriend through the closet and having impure thoughts because there's like a, a little... people or... Yes. Yeah. He's watching the and he And then he keels over because he's like outside his body, right? And so he's laying there, this big old erection. Oh, and they no. come in and they find him. <laughs> yeah, it's just horrible. Could you imagine that happening? Like as an adult, like you're meet, you have you know sex with your significant other for the first time, and then all of a sudden you're just done, and you're like, you know, she's thinking, I did a really good job. I just like I did so I did such a freaking amazing job. He is out of his body right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so his, a couple of times his his mom walks Ultimate into the compliment. room and she sees him laying there on his bed naked with a big old boner. You know, and he can't respond when that's happening. He just sort of has to lay there because he's outside his body. You know, he's gone. And you know, he's traumatized like, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just. My mom knows what I'm doing. But, but she doesn't know that he has this talent. She doesn't have a clue about him. Uh-huh. So really, it's like a combination of a coming of age story of him hmm. and his relationship with his family and then his family's relationship with other people, all based on this talent that they have. His brother, who is a complete failure and in hawk to the mob. Uh-oh. Oh. 
because he keeps have you know he keeps trying he's used his talent poorly over the years and he can just never quite recoup mm. he can move things with his mind so he was a pinball wizard right and mm-hmm. he could play pinball forever because he could control the ball well his brother buddy buddy's his brother's name so buddy is the brother that doesn't really say much and all of a sudden one day buddy's like Okay, we have to go to this river riverboat casino. It's going to open in six months, and you have to go there and you have to play roulette. So learn to control the roulette ball because you're going to. I see what I can see is I can see stacks of money in front of you. Hmm. So his his brother never says anything. So of course, you know he's like, okay, I guess I'll have to try. So he tries, you know, working up to it again. And in the meantime, he's trying to make money to pay off the mob. Jeez. So the the story has so many different layers. I think that's what makes it so delicious. It's like a croissant <laughs> of beauty to yeah. bite into. It is just such a great story. I loved it on so many different levels because it had a lot of different things that all sort of wove together at the end and that's made it amazing. Mm-hmm. The amazing Telemachus fam- family, and that is not an overstatement in my opinion. I really liked it. Once again, it was called Spoonbenders by Gregory by Daryl Gregory. Sounds pretty good. That does sound you guys interesting. Were, huh? awesome. <clears throat> that sounds interesting. It was just really, I don't know, I liked it because it was funny. I mean, sure, <laughs> you have to laugh at a 13-year-old boy who can't go outside his body unless he gets a boner and and of course they want him to do this so that he can help but he's too embarrassed to tell him how he doesn't (laughs) so he ends up hopefully as he gets older he learns how to do it well he finds out that he he can do it while smoking pot well he's only 13 uh yeah can you imagine like i don't know so he has to be like on that like Let's talk about like erectile dysfunction. Like that's the messed up thing to have when you have an erection. Like you just go out of your body. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah. Would be and then people just well, walk it might in be on okay you. for your partner because you know it was an extended boner. This is right? true. That's true. Whoa! Yeah. At least he. Found I mean, out he can, he can go forever. <laughs> oh, gosh. You might be have to be on top. Exactly. But you know, <laughs> kind of like dear girl. Do it a guy in a coma or something. That's gross. <laughs> Like the ultimate sex doll. Oh, <laughs> man. oh God, I never thought of that. Gross. <laughs> He's like 13. Bonnie. You crack me up. Well, not for me, obviously. Maybe for, you know, uh, a yeah. little girl who's 13 is too young. Though. Yeah, 13 is too that. young to have imp- imp- inappropriate. <laughs> I was thinking of it in an adult format. Right, not exactly. As he Thank got you older, for making yeah. me sound like a creepy. Hey, old you're the woman. one that brought up the fact that he was 13. I wasn't thinking about that anymore. You're the one who's <laughs> not me, focusing Jessica. on that. <laughs> Poor Jessica. She's over there just freaking out. Yeah, I know we're horrible people, so. It's so funny. <sighs> that would be difficult. But now you see why. I don't know. I. Once once again, this is a book about a family, but they're an extraordinary family that has grown up to be ordinary people with ordinary problems that are related to their extraordinariness. Right. Sounds like it has like like dark humor kind of thing. Well, it does have very dark humor to it. It does. 
that, that's always the best yeah. humor. Yeah, it is. So, that's- yeah. I, I liked it. I highly recommend it for, I don't know, I wouldn't say comic relief. But maybe I would say it was just really interesting light. to read about somebody else's family problems for a change <laughs> that were not like heartwarming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's not a lifetime movie at the end. Exactly. It totally was not like that at all. It was mm-hmm. more like the weirdness of an ordinary family where they don't all hug at the end, you know, no. and cry and see Adam's family. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. I love the Adams family. Yeah, that's kind of what it's like, mm-hmm. only yeah. not quite as kooky. Right. Kooky kooky. <laughs> the Adams family. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> All right, so who got who gets to go next? I'm going to whatever. Well, I have kind of a a story that involves a younger family member if you want me to go next and she's gonna go next and make me look like a frivolous reader because she's going for the very seriously serious well you know i do like the serious books i know fine you like the one i'm talking about make me look frivolous. i will or won't you will i will it's dark i like you know i was talking about this and i can't remember who i was talking to but it seems like i like books that have a very dramatic effect on my emotions, either good or bad. Mm-hmm. But I like them that make me, I don't know. I like light reading too. I mean, I do some of that. But every once in a while, I like a book that's going to make you think. And this was one of those books. No, you like a book that's going to make you feel. Yeah. Well, you know. that's what you just said. You just said it. You didn't say it in true. that way. But Well, I mean, when you think or question or see things from a different perspective. I mean, I like mm. books like that. Like The Kite Runner. We talked about that one right, a lot. Right, exactly. <laughs> we do, and that was an awesomely good book. And The Goldfinch. <laughs> yes, which you're reading right now. It's so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> it is good. So I am reading um, Boy, <clears throat> The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Um, by? By John Boyne. Mm. How do you spell that? B-O-Y-N-E. Boyne. Is that how you would say it? I guess. Everyone who listens to this knows how much I love historical fiction. And World War II (laughs) seems to be one of my go-to wars to read about. Yeah, I think maybe you were were reincarnated or something. Well, you know, I am German. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. Uh There you go. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) If I am, I'm one of the good ones. (laughs) You're like, what, Schindler? Like Schindler's List? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) This this actually is a different perspective than the books about World War II that I usually read. It is about, it is in the eyes of a nine-year-old boy who is the son of a Nazi commodore. Commandant. Commandant, whatever. Sorry, I can't help myself. I have to correct you. Um, And what it is, is they live in Berlin Mm -hmm. and um, the the dad is promoted to Commodore or Commandant or whatever it is. And they relocate him to um, a concentration camp. And the father is running the concentration camp. Does the boy go with? 
Well, the whole family does because they live in a house that's right outside of the concentration camp, as in he can see the wire fence from his window in his bedroom. You know, I, I saw in a in a documentary about one of the camps where they had a house that was right outside just like that. So maybe it's based on... Was it Auschwitz? No. Okay, because this is, this is where they Dachau. went, but they never actually said the name. And they... The little boy says the name of the concentration camp, but he says it wrong. So they never actually say if that's the one that they went to, but that's the one that it's closest to sounding like. Okay. And um, so they go from their house in Berlin to this house outside of the concentration camp. And his dad and mom don't tell him that it's a concentration camp. He doesn't know. He's just an eight-year-old boy who has very had a very sheltered life, so he doesn't really understand all of the horrible things that are happening happening with the war. Which he's, you know, I'm just not like seeing... most kid, most kids don't really understand what their parents do, and why would they tell him? You know, yeah. right? Exactly. Which I mean, he's the son of a Nazi combatant, so he wouldn't mm-hmm. any perspective that he would get from his dad would be altered anyways so they basically don't tell him anything they just move and he's distraught that he left his friends and that his maid went through his stuff without him knowing even the stuff that he has hidden that nobody's allowed to touch Uh. so he's very it's very much in an eight-year-old's perspective or nine-year-old's perspective so they get to this concentration camp, and he, of course, goes outside to play and everything. And he sees a little boy who's in the the striped pajamas, which everybody in the concentration camp wears. But the little boy doesn't know this. He doesn't know that it's a concentration camp. And he doesn't understand that the little boy that he's talking to is Jewish. I wonder, if, does he understand what Jewish is even? No, Probably he doesn't not. really understand what Jewish is. It's not like an inborn thing. It's something you have to be taught. Right. And since well, he's not really... his parents, like, had those... You know what parents are like? They have those inborn prejudices about how, you know, they're, like, make little snide. Well, he mm-hmm. does. And he, when he talks to this other little boy, which I can't remember the other little boy's name. It's a really weird name. The Nazi boy, his name is uh, Bruno. I remember that because it was weird. <clears throat> and when he talks, his name is Shmuel. The little Jewish boy's name is Shmuel. And when Bruno talks to Shmuel, when he makes those little snide remarks, he sees how unhappy it makes Shmuel. He never says, Shmuel never says anything to him, but he can see by the look on his face. That's so nice. he, he quits saying the remarks. Uh. And, like, and like when he goes and start seeing this little boy in this one specific part of the fence and talking to him and everything, he also notices that Shmuel is hungry, that he's always hungry. So Bruno sneaks food out from the kitchen to give to the little boy. Because he knows that he's hungry, but he just thinks that maybe, you know, he's hungry because he's been outside playing. He doesn't think that he's hungry because, you know, He's in a concentration camp and he's being starved. So, you know, they talk and and they can't actually play together or anything. 
but they sit and talk back and forth and you know he brings food and and Bruno gets to where he just really likes these com- these moments spent with Schmuel to the point where if it's raining he's really really bummed out that he can't go talk to Schmuel well he probably doesn't have any friends there yeah he doesn't have any friends because there's nobody else it's kind of his house is like in the middle the only thing that's there is the concentration camp mm-hmm. so does he have any siblings he has a sister one sister who you know you know how brothers and sisters are they just kind yeah. of bicker and fight they don't really have a close relationship because <laughs> the the sister's 13 so uh, okay so she doesn't want anything to do with him because he's young Right. And he's her brother, and I would know what that feels like because I would never. <laughs> I had a little brother. Right. Exactly. I was on the flip side of that. Ty's eight years older than me, so he was always like, go play by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then with Shmuel and, and Bruno, Bruno decides that he wants to see where Shmuel lives. And he doesn't, and he, you know, sees that everybody's in striped pajamas. And Shmuel says that if he wears his clothes over there, that he's going to be recognized. And they're going to know that he's not somebody who's supposed to be there. So they end up going, Shmuel gets an extra pair of pajamas and gives them to Bruno. And Bruno changes in these pajamas and sneaks underneath the fence into the concentration camp. That's not good. Yeah, he's going to get stuck there. But Bruno doesn't understand, you know, what's happening. He doesn't think, I mean, he he thinks that he can just go play for a couple hours and be home for dinner. So it's just, it's one of those books that it's like in your mind you're saying, oh my gosh, what? Don't, 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 don't do it. Little boy, just, how can you just, you want to think that he's too naive but really if he's nine years old think about how you were when you were nine i mean I not everybody smart when i was nine i know but not everybody knows the ways of the world especially if you know you had somebody watching everything that you read because you know the nazis didn't like books yeah didn't like stories and nazis. he actually he nazis. gets you know at him for liking to oh, read books oh yeah like, I don't understand why you like those stories. Because the Nazis didn't like books. Because books are awesome. Well, books are awesome. <laughs> See? That's why I could never be a Nazi. That's a good point. Just saying. But Jeez. Anyways, it was it was a very good book. I've actually heard of it. And I think there was a movie associated, a movie. too, wasn't there? Yeah, there's a movie. And, of course, I would never, ever watch it or read the book because it's depressing. Yeah. It is depressing. Makes you think, like, if we all thought like children, we wouldn't hate everybody. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I'm kind of, they had an interview with the author after, because I did the audio book. And I really enjoyed the interview with the author on this, listening to, because it was only... What was his connection? I think that he just wrote it. I don't think he has a connection to the Holocaust or anything. But he was interested in hearing what people thought of it. Yeah, because like... it had a limited release at first, and it wasn't open. I think United States was one of the last places that it, it came. I think like World War Two and like the Nazis and concentration camps are one of the things that, like, especially for me when we were like we get like super educated about them because like 
you don't want history to repeat itself. So like all through school, like every year we read a book about the Holocaust, I feel like, because we read Night by Elie Wiesel. We read The Diary of Anne Frank. So it's like something that everybody knows a little bit of something about. It's, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. Well, it is necessary to discuss it so oh, that yeah. it doesn't happen again. And I mean, you see... There are definitely echoes of that kind of behavior all around us. Mm -hmm. There are so many people in our community that do not like books because they want to indoctrinate their children to behave in a certain way. And they have one book in their house. Mm -hmm. It's like Fahrenheit 451. They burn everything, all the books. So they, they don't allow for imagination. They don't allow for and for different reasons. But really, they're all the same reasons. Mm-hmm. They're still for isolationism, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. As you were saying that, that they don't like books and that they, you know, comment about him liking. Right. It, well, it's always I'm, what it brings back for me because. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really go into detail on in this book. But they did burn books. The Nazis burned books. Like it. It's from the book thief that we read. Yeah. Yeah. That I was saying that the Nazis. And I mean, I've heard that before. It's not just in yeah. fiction mm-hmm. books that I've heard it, that they burned books. Because they didn't. And that's a like it's a big theme in like fictional books too. Because it's one of the big themes in like Fahrenheit 451. I think in 1984 they're not supposed to be able to yep. read either. Yep. I feel like Brave New World they don't read. Like all of the like dystopian nope. novels is they've mm-hmm. taken away books and life gets really bad. Because they don't want independent thought in right. Brave New World. Mm-hmm. Right. Anybody who who starts to think too much, they're like, here, take this. They give them pill a pill to make you happy. Mm. Happy pills, antidepressants, which if you and that's a whole nother conversation we need to have on another day about Brave New World. It's if we can get book. mommy to read it. Yes, it's awesome. OK, Brave well, New World. I, I'm very full up right now. With OK, books that I have to get done. So <laughs> I will put that on my wish list. How about that? Is it do we have it at the library? Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. I have a copy of it. too. Like it's weird, copy. but I mean, it is one of those books that makes you think mm-hmm. it's not heartwarming or it's different. Right. Well, it's more it's more on the lines of the stuff I like. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I'm reading a book that you reviewed right now, The Rook, that you reviewed oh, in one of our yeah, very yeah, first yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's very, very strange and very, very compelling. And I need to hurry up and finish that one so that I can read something to review. It is strange. Review. It is super, <laughs> super, super strange. But I loved it. It's pretty good. I'm liking it. I'm surprised by that. Every once in a while, I want to slap the main character around, but I... I like it. I really like it. I think it's funny. Like, we're all reading books that we've suggested to each other. Like, I'm reading The Goldfinch, and she's reading The Rook. Well, I think that that is how... It works. That's how it happens. That's the natural progression of the sharing of books. That's why we do the podcast. And I bought a book about mermaids. I thought about you when I bought it. It's a book about mermaids. Really? I'm going to read next. It's like, I was on one of the lists for, like, top 100, like, fantasy books, and... Since I have red hair, my, I have a friend whose name is Amanda, and everybody calls her Panda. So she gives everybody nicknames. And since I have long red hair, she calls me the Little Mermaid. Oh. So I got this book. I thought about you because it's called Mermaids in Paradise. I can't wait to read it. I have not heard of that, but that's very interesting. Yeah. So now we it. have two people that go by the lists. Great. Hey, dude, you know what? I'm feeling the some peer pressure here. This is how it, I mean, in in a way, if you think about it, we are a list. We are. We, we provide a, a list really every list. week of recommendations or anti-recommendations. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> you look at it. 
Girl on the Train. But <laughs> Girl on the Train. You know water. I like that book. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Gone, girl. Sorry about that. <laughs> Listen, you two. Don't be judging me for my book choices. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's why we do this. You know, somebody said to me the other day, do you make any money off that podcast? No. no. <laughs> Actually, I spend money on that. Po- I spend a ton of freaking money on this podcast. Why? Because it is my passion to talk about books and to get people talking about books. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It is fun. So eventually, I'm going to preach until I'm hoarse. And I love having the reputation at work about somebody of being the person who reads. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It's awesome. I'm like that friend who reads. People are like, what are you reading right now? And then I get to talking and I can tell about halfway through my spill they, they get to really over. bored. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm so yeah. passionate about this, and you're missing out so much. You're like, maybe they'll make it into a movie. We are the leaders of a tribe of proud people. <laughs> now we, the soaring music comes in the background. If we lived in Uglyville, we'd be in the smoke right now. Yeah. If the smoke involved reading. Oh. It's okay. Our people are there, and our people will preach the word of books. If there were, a, if I could create a religion, <laughs> you'd be a literary messiah. I, w- I, <laughs> a literary messiah. Right here. <laughs> I fail the spirit. When she preaches about the book, she means something totally different. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh hell! Oh hell! About a thirteen-year-old boy gets an out-of-body experience with an erection. <laughs> Stop blushing, oh, Jessica. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm inappropriate. I realize. Well, you know, to be fair, I think having teenage sons has made us a little callous to some It really stuff has, though. That it, you probably yeah. are not I callous I have like to four yet. brothers, so I should be. It's a little but... bit different. Yeah, it is a your different. brother doesn't drop his pants and go, "Mom, what is that? <laughs> I got, a, I got a sore right there. Look at it." <laughs> you're like what? Yeah. Or I don't. And know. you're like, "Dude, you are 15. I really don't want to look at that part of you." <laughs> Bend over to pick something up and have their pants I have a halfway on down my there. Ass. Can you take it off? <laughs> yeah, that's how ha- it happens. Halfway it down happened. their butt, and they have very white underwear on that you can see. Butt they walk around right three quarters of the. Remind me naked. to tell y'all a story after this. <laughs> Something that doesn't need to be shared on the podcast. <laughs> Probably not. In case you actually listen to it. Shall we transition now? Let's give that uh, title and artist. <laughs> oh, 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 me. Wait a minute. I'm like, what are we transitioning to? <laughs> I'm me. not having an out of, out of body experience. The Boy with the Striped Pajamas by John Boyne. Boyne. That's an odd name. Boyne. Yeah, that is Maybe odd. it's. It could be. I could be totally pronouncing it wrong. No telling. And Jessica, what did did you you read? read? I read Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. Oh, yeah. It's one of big game hunting in there. Yeah. It's another one that kind of touches on the racism thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually, it was on one of our books to read in AP that like our teacher gave to us was one of the ones we didn't get to because it wasn't one of the ones that she thought was like the most pressing to read but um so I read it and it's actually interesting it's about um Marlo is the main character and he's just a sailor like he sails all over the place 
and he gets hired by an ivory trading company to take steamboats up and down the Congo to pick up ivory from the different outposts. And so he goes and he gets he goes to the first place and he finds out that the steamboat that is supposed to be his to captain has been blown up by the natives. Mm-hmm. And he sees like when he gets there he's shocked because he sees like that the ivory company has like enslaved the natives to go hunt the ivory and like they just treat him really bad like one guy gets like whipped out a post in front of him and stuff and he's just shocked by it but that's how it is and that's what they do right that was the time period and the behavior that was normal right and so he um he puts back together the ship and then he's supposed to go get kurtz who is like this famous captain because he brings in the most ivory but he's really sick and so he's supposed to go down and get him and on their way down and he can't get anybody to go with him because all the other ships that have gone down have been attacked and like sunk and so he gets like a ragtag crew and ends up picking like this thing of like natives who are actually cannibals so half of his crew is cannibals which is really kind of scary hey they'll never run out of food (laughs) this is true if people keep dying sleep with one eye open (laughs) yeah and so he goes down the river and um his ship gets attacked and then they find kurtz and they figure out that the reason kurtz brings in so much ivory is that the natives around him view him like a god basically they then they won't let him go and that's why he's really sick and dying is because they won't let him leave and then he's like i guess kurtz this big captain is like in love with the native like queen kind of thing and they attack and it was his idea to attack their ship it's like he's kind of going crazy in his sickness so he like half of him wants to be who he is as a person and go back and get better and then continue oh, with the syphilis yeah it's yeah, what probably. i was probably thinking but and then but then the other part of him it's like thinks that he's this god of this native tribe it's really weird and then so they finally get kurtz on the ship and they're taking him back and he like tells marlo all this stuff and he gives him these like letters to his fiance back home and like his manuscript about civilizing the savages and it's like this big manuscript about how there's hope for people and da 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 and then at the end just like scribbled in it's like kill all the brutes and it's weird like it's just a it's really dark like all of it's just really dark and anyone who dies like the cannibals eat and it's just kind of scary but it's like a comment on how like racism like shapes the way you view the world and how like just the world can be really really dark all the time (laughs) it was was interesting but it was also really you get kind of a look into a different civilization and then it's like he switches between two different people. Like half of them's like, yay, let's civilize the savages. And the other half's like, kill them all because they're savages. It's really <laughs> weird. But it was interesting. It was a strange read. It was different. And it's quick. It's it's short. I think it's actually like a novella, not an actual novel. Uh-huh. But, and Joseph Conrad also wrote The Secret Sharer, which I have a book that has the two of them together. And that one's really interesting, too. It's also kind of one of those, like, the world's really dark in certain ways. When mm-hmm. And those are the classics. Yeah, when you're left to your own devices. Hmm. It's kind of dark. Yeah. Well, people are dark. They really are. Yeah. They exterminated a bunch of Jews. They enslave African people and yeah. make them do mean things. Basically, people are assholes. 
They should read more. They should read more. Yes. Because if they read more, then they would be more accepting, intuitive and accepting. And yeah, that's one thing I always feel more accepting if I read a book like that. Like after I read The Kite Runner and A Thousand Splendid Sons, I kind of understand those people a little bit more. So it's Well, and I think that that really is where it's necessary. The more time you spend with a people of any type. The more you go to like... The more you... Even if you don't like them, the more you start to understand... Well... Why they act a certain way. I guess I can't way. really say that because people who... I noticed that being from the far north and of the U.S. and then moving down to the far south of the U.S., I found a lot more prejudice in the south. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. And I never really understood that. Yeah. Because people are people. Oh, yeah. Maybe because up at north, you know, we have those very long winters and there's more time to sit and read. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do? It all comes back to the books. The Especially books. when I'm raising when my arms we again. I'm feeling kids. I need to preach. And then we didn't have 100 channels to watch. No, so we only had three. The only thing you had to watch, unless you wanted to watch soap operas during the day, was to read a book. And mm-hmm. on Sunday night, there was the Lawrence Welk show that you could always watch. <laughs> um, I did watch the Lawrence Welk show. <laughs> And hee-haw. God help us hee-haw. all. <laughs> Picking and a grinning. I just don't watch TV very much. I feel like most of what's on right now just kind of... Well, it was crap back then, and it's crap now. Yeah. Just kind of... Unless, of course, you watch Netflix, and then you can pick and choose. Well, oh, I didn't yeah. have Netflix. No, I didn't either. I will say, Friends is like my go-to thing on Netflix. I, I, will, I will re-watch and re-watch Friends. I've watched Friends <laughs> like three times. Until the end times. of my days, I'm just going to be watching Friends. Uh-huh. It's like comfort food. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of like I go back and read The Lord of the Rings about once a year. Yeah. I really need to read those. I really want to. I need oh, to do it. See? I have we we got to pass. You. We got to pass that one on, too. I, yeah. I, I have audio of that. Really? It's have, dramatized audio. The guy who the reads Hobbit. it is like, the door, the door, the door, the Yeah, no, I read your. <laughs> yeah, he's very, he's very, very dramatic. He's like one of those English <laughs> trained, those uh, classically trained actors. He even does the singing when they do the little singing <laughs> in it. It's, it's awesome. He really does. It was, when I was reading The Invisible Man, like the H.G. Wells Invisible Man, not Ralph Ellison. I liked Ralph Ellison a lot better, but I was listening to the audio of it, and he had like this strange... British accent that wasn't totally British, and he would just get really loud, and I was like, "Oh my god, turn yes. that down!" Yes, that, that, <laughs> this this dude is like that, and I can't remember the name of the guy, but he's—I don't even know if he's still alive, but yeah, he he got very very dramatic. It was awesome. Yeah. But I have the Hobbit on audio too, if you want to borrow it. I have the I have like the hard copies of all of them. I just haven't done it yet. I would have to say that it's probably good that I did the audio version and not the. Because when he, they start talking in different languages and stuff, mm-hmm. that would have... Yeah, it is off. very off-putting well, at times. I've started The Hobbit, and I, I feel like every time I've ever started, it's like at the worst time. Like, I'll start it like two or three weeks before finals, and then I'm like, well, i got to put that aside for right now, and then I don't come back to it. Yeah. But Tolkien's just really wordy from what I've read. He is very wordy. Like, he will give you Although, having said that, stuff. you know, I have heard comparisons between him and George R. R. Martin, who's the guy who did uh, the Game of Thrones. And I have to say that is totally not the same thing. The Game of Thrones, I tried going at it again. I tried, I really, Turbo keeps saying, oh, you've got to read it. You've got to read it. It gets better. It gets better. So I started with the second book this time instead of the first. I can't. 
It is so freaking dull to me. I feel like it's just it's really good for some people. Like my my younger just, brother's like on the fourth one and he got him for his birthday in May. I just like he can't just tears through I them. just can't get in. The character I do not find the characters compelling. But to be fair, you don't like that time period. I don't either. like that time period. And I don't know what it is. Maybe I was burned as a witch or we something during about, that time period. We didn't talk about the smell. I just cannot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He can't get over the smell. And it doesn't compare at all. Tolkien's, he writes beautifully. He does. There's just a it, lot. It's very lyrical. It is a lot. But it's a lot of description and a lot of... It's very lyrical. I don't know. It's kind of like Game of Thrones is like, you're hearing about all of these people that you don't even like. Yeah. And then the characters you do like die. Yeah. I just, no. <laughs> you're like, doing it. well... Sorry. Life so is too short that. to read bad books, people. Mm-hmm. In my opinion... Mm-hmm. But to be fairness, some people love some the people Game of do Thrones. love it. They love it, and, and that's cool that they love it. They can love it over there. It's high ranking, and, love and not Tolkien everybody here. likes the same kind of books. Just like we don't have the same yeah, taste of right. books. And I I'm don't not think saying there's you're... anything wrong with people say... who like it. I'm saying that I don't like it, and I don't want to be. Well, you said your life's too short to read bad books. I was just saying it's not necessarily a bad book for everybody. Just no, it isn't. But I won't be friends with people who don't like Harry Potter. Just throwing that out there. I love Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I don't know anybody who didn't like Harry Potter. If you don't like J.K. Rowling, we can't be friends. Yeah, 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 that's like pretty much it. Know. And Nicole's like that with the goldfinch. Yeah, that's what, and I told you that. I, I love it so far. If you don't like it, just shush. Just I love don't it. even say anything I like Nicole. the way that it's written really well. She like, I don't know, some of those stuff she says, I'm like, wow, that was a good sentence. See, I love it when that happens. Uh-huh. I'm like, stop, I gotta write that down. Like a couple of times. It's one of those things where I wish I had like a hard copy I could underline yeah, and write yeah. in the margins like, bravo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you yes. for this. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I will have to say, I know that you've only done it once or twice, but I love it when somebody's ringing a book that I love and then texts me like, oh my God, this just happened. I'm like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, he's gay. <laughs> But I love it when people do that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it just happen. makes me I happy. Was like, <laughs> I like every 10 minutes at work, I'd pause and I'd be like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this happened. I'm like, Yo, yeah, keep reading. <laughs> you were doing that to me on the way in. Cringe. Because she's reading the Rook and she's like, well, this and this and this, but I wonder if that guy is this. And, and oh my this gosh, this and don't shut don't up. Tell I'm just me. talking. But yeah, it's like, like God. <laughs> All right. I suppose we should shut our yap for now. <laughs> I love talking about books. I know. <laughs> That's why we do it every week. I love it. <laughs> and I know I said last week that Kristen was going to join us, but she wigged out at the last minute because she she has an ex-husband who has her kids this weekend. Oh. Hmm. And she's like, well, this is my last kid-free weekend. <laughs> so, so, you know, I kind of understand that you got to have your me time, and her me time had something to do with being at the pool today, so. Well, I mean, it I'm is going. supposed to be cooler, and it's sunshiny, pretty much. If you call 90 degrees cooler, yeah. Um, cooler than what it has been. No, that's it's been true. like it was 105 the, the other day. Mix, yeah. <laughs> it's been miserable here. Yeah, it's hot and humid. Bake cookies on your dashboard. Yeah, you really <laughs> yeah. could. You drive like two fingered because your steering wheel is so I drive hot. a stick shift. My hand was on fire. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to shift when you can't grab the thing. The, is the, the wheel of your car. Now that's the rough one. 
trying yeah. to get onto the wheel of your car when it's sit, been sitting in the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're That's turning. why people... I, I never understood the fuzzy steering wheel cover yeah, until now. I have one of those. <laughs> Do you? Except it's sun bleached and it gets hot. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, when it's 110. Mm-hmm. It gets hot. It's hot. Okay, kids. Next week, we'll do this again. And I don't know if Nicole's going to be back because she's got still stuff going on. So I don't know if she'll be back or not. So Jessica may still be with us. Okay. (laughs) All righty then. I guess that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Girls.